his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up? I got to go kind of quickly here. I want to wrap up some of these uh, scary movie texts from the last hour. We were talking about movies that scared you. Whether or not it's okay for little kids to watch scary movies, maybe watch scary movies as a family. Is that cool? Here's a text from Monica in New Orleans. Uh, Monica says, I didn't like Seven either. The world is crazy and scary enough. I can't watch violent, scary movies. Well, thanks, Monica. I'm glad I'm not the only one who never needs to see Seven again. What's in the box? Here's a text that says, Ian, I watched the old mummy. (laughs) I watched the old mummy movie when I was a child and it made me afraid to use toilet paper because I associated it with the mummy. My parents had to buy me a bidet. Well, that is very European of you, friend. Thanks for texting. Here's a comment from uh, Jason. Jason says about scary movies. I don't know if it's the scariest, but definitely the most disturbing. Hostile. It leaves you with the feeling that this stuff happens. Yeah, man, I watched Hostel. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I don't like I don't like the the torture porn, you know, the like, uh, you know, saw the song. I'm not getting anywhere near that stuff, man. I can't stand it. And I'm not like squeamish about really anything else. Um, but I don't like to watch people get their, you know, fingers cut off and stuff. That's weird. OK, great. Let's do the 210 news bomb. I guess before we do this again, Coleman, I should find some sort of sound effect or something you know, maybe like a, like an explosion sound or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. All right, we'll start out uh, in the Middle East. Airstrikes continuing in Gaza as the United Nations operation in that enclave warns they are running out of fuel. In Nasser Hospital in southern Gaza, a baby cries. Doctors tell AP journalists the child was delivered by emergency C-section after her mother was badly injured in an Israeli strike on her home in Khan Yunis. Further north in central Gaza, locals attempt to clear the rubble of a popular bakery hit by Israeli warplanes. Resident Assad al-Bayroti told the AP Israel was not targeting the right places as it hit a bakery. As he spoke, a missile exploded nearby and he yelled in shock. The Israeli military said its strikes had targeted Hamas infrastructure and has accused the group of hiding among Gaza's civilian population. I'm Karen Chamas. Uh, They had a big-ass meeting at the United Nations headquarters in New York City this morning. Jordanian Foreign Minister Ayman Safadi says that Arab leaders in the region have failed the Palestinian people. We should be outraged at failing the Palestinian people. We should be outraged at failing the Israeli people by not giving them the peace that they deserve. What we want is peace, peace that will, will fulfill the rights of the Palestinians to statehood, freedom, will ensure the security of Israel. 
Uh, also at that meeting, Egyptian Foreign Minister Sama Shukri, he says the international community and the United Nations, they have it in their power to establish peace between Israelis and the Palestinians by giving the Palestinians their own state. We can no longer only address the two-state solution and advocate as a matter of lip service that the international community and the Security Council do have the necessary resources and means to implement what has become recognized as the international community's consensus to the end of this conflict on the basis of a two-state solution living side by side in peace and security. The foreign minister from Saudi Arabia, Prince Faisal bin Farhan al-Saud, says all Arab leaders request Israel stop bombarding Gaza and the exchange of rockets. They all got to stop right away. A ceasefire is an absolute necessity immediately. That will allow us to address all of the other issues. We have called quite clearly for a release of hostages, and that is absolutely necessary. But the protection of civilian life, the protection of infrastructure, especially hospitals and other uh, uh, infrastructure required for the survival of Gaza is also an imperative that must be met immediately. In Israel, in a public square in Tel Aviv, residents have set up a display of blindfolded teddy bears with pictures of Israeli children who are taken hostage by Hamas terrorists. Here's what folks there had to say about it. It's just unbelievable. There's like no words because even with the blood on it, you can see in the, in the, in the blindfolds, I mean... It just raises, it's very symbolic for me, of the capture and the captivity of, 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 of innocent children. Um, and it's completely heartbreaking. Bring them back, bring them back. I, I'm sending love to all the families that are waiting for these children and to all the other hostages. The world must wake up and understand today it's Israel, tomorrow it's them. Joe Biden put down the ice cream cone. He's developing a contingency plan to evacuate Americans from the Middle East in case this war spreads. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby calls it prudent planning. I think it would be imprudent and irresponsible if we weren't uh, doing some kind of contingency thinking. But right now, Kirby stresses there are no active efforts to get Americans out of the region beyond charter flights that began earlier this month from Israel. We're not parking ships off the coast and getting ready to send Marines in to get people out of you, you picked the place over there. Kirby spoke as the death toll in Gaza soared amid a barrage of Israeli airstrikes. And the number is expected to grow once Israel launches an expected ground offensive. Innocent civilians are going to be hurt going forward. I wish I could tell you something different. I wish that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but it is... It is going to happen. Sagar Magani, Washington. Moving back over to Europe and the other World War III starter kit in Ukraine. Last winter, Russian strikes on Ukrainian power plants absolutely clobbered about half of that country's capacity to heat and power homes. Many Ukrainians are expecting the same or worse this winter, and they have spent months preparing for this moment. In the humble backyard of a destroyed house, a 13-year-old boy chops firewood to get ready for winter. His mother, Tatiana, has been preparing for months as she remembers last winter's Russian strikes on energy infrastructure that plunged Ukraine into darkness. For her family, like other Ukrainians, winter is a particularly challenging time. Last year, millions across Ukraine had to learn to work, live and cover their basic needs without relying on electricity. 
but this time they say they're better prepared. Sales of generators have exploded, and some who can afford it have invested in solar panels. Others have been buying candles, flashlights, and stocking up on compact gas canisters. I'm Lawrence Brooks. Let's get Craig's electrical and generator over there. As the counteroffensive against Putin's ragtag ground forces continues, Ukraine's president has said that Russian naval fleets are no longer safe in the Black Sea near Crimea. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that recent Ukrainian attacks have stopped Russian ships from accessing safe bases in the sea near Crimea. Denying Russia secure maritime corridors is part of the Ukrainian military's aim to squeeze Russian forces out of the Crimean Peninsula. Russian annexed Crimea provides support for Moscow's battlefield efforts further west in Ukraine. I'm Karen Chamas. Uh, we are going to speak to Matthew in Ukraine. We're going to get him on the air here about 1.20 uh, on Monday. He's uh, looking for a place to make a secure phone call. I've been uh, emailing with him. He still doesn't have a phone because he left his phone in a trench. Come on, Matthew. The people need to hear from Matthew in Ukraine. How are you going to be leaving your phone in a trench? I get it. I'm just kidding. Wow, really scary news out of Mexico. This was not on my bingo card for today. Hurricane specialist Daniel Brown from the National Hurricane Center says Hurricane Otis slammed into Mexico's southern Pacific coast as a Category 5 storm. Hurricane Otis uh, rapidly strengthened on its approach to southern Mexico uh, on uh, Tuesday evening, and it made landfall uh, about 1.25 a.m. as a Category 5 hurricane. Uh, very near Acapulco, Mexico. Those uh, winds will um, you know, could potentially cause catastrophic damage along with uh, a life-threatening storm surge and uh, we're expecting uh, flooding rainfall to occur uh, in the mountains as it moves inland. It's a, a fairly large metropolitan area and the core uh, appears to have gone uh, essentially over the, uh, over the city. And uh, we're also again concerned with uh, the storm surge along the coast as well as flooding rains now spreading inland. The core of the storm will be moving uh, inland across portions of uh, southern Mexico, uh, heading into areas of uh, mountains in southern Mexico. Uh, and it's uh, really, you know, as the winds come down, we are going to be more concerned with the, uh, heavy rainfall and flash flooding that could occur. Oh, may God watch over those people. Acapulco just got smacked, and it came out of nowhere. You guys, it was a tropical storm at like 1 p.m. local time yesterday. I don't know. I'm not looking at the chart right now, but I think it was only like six or seven hours between tropical storm and Category 5. Can you imagine? We got a tropi you know, tropical storm you know, bingo out somewhere in the Gulf, and then later this evening, it's a Category 5? That's nuts. In tech news, dozens of states and the Washington, uh, uh, excuse me, the District of Columbia, they're suing Meta. Meta is the uh, Facebook uh, parent company. They're claiming its social platforms, which includes Facebook and Instagram, are addictive and they're harming your kids' mental health. A lawsuit filed by 33 states in federal court in California claimed that Meta routinely collects data on children under 13 without their parents' consent in violation of federal law. In addition, nine attorneys general are filing lawsuits in their respective states, bringing the total number of states taking action to 41 in Washington, D.C. The suits seek financial damages and restitution and an end to Meta's practices that are in violation of the law. The litigation follows damning newspaper reports, first by the Wall Street Journal in the fall of 2021, based on Meta's own research that found that the company knew 
about the harm Instagram can cause teenagers. I Norman Hall. I can't believe we needed a lawsuit to tell you that social media is bad for your mental health, but that's where we are. Uh, in domestic political news, Michael Cohen, you may remember this guy, Donald Trump's fixer. He is back on the witness stand in his ex-boss Donald Trump's civil fraud trial in New York. Here's what's going on there. Trump watched closely as one of his lawyers continued cross-examining Cohen and pushing the narrative that the disbarred attorney can't be trusted because of his criminal convictions for lying, something Trump also continues to repeat to reporters in the court hallway. He's a totally discredited witness, and you haven't seen anything yet. This goes on for a long time. Cohen is a key witness in the New York Attorney General's civil case against Trump, alleging that he habitually exaggerated the value of his real estate on financial documents to help get loans and make deals, something Trump denies. Julie Walker, New York. People keep telling me that MAGA stands for Make America Great Again, but I think maybe it stands for Making Attorneys Get Attorneys. We'll be right back with Sane Rosenbaum, a CBS News legal analyst. Talk about the latest in this uh, in an election interference case. Which one am I talking about? Is it the one in Georgia or the one in Washington, D.C.? Well, a little bit of both. Mark Meadows flipped like a pancake. He took an immunity deal. And he's going to be testifying against his former boss. We'll get the details with Thane Rosenbaum after this. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Reading now from CBSNews.com, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is extensively cooperating with special counsel Jack Smith's election interference investigation of former President Donald Trump. Meadows has provided lengthy and in-depth testimony several times in the past year before that grand jury, as well as providing prosecutors with reams of documents, including text messages that have provided them with a roadmap of Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election, according to sources familiar. Joining me on the line right now, CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. Thane, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having uh, good to have you on. Any time for you, Ian. You know that. Thank you. Speaking of time, last time I, f- I feel like I kept you too long in it, and then I, I, I didn't want to do that. Do you have something else? I know you probably got another hit scheduled. How long can I, I keep do. you for? 
Okay. Uh, you know, a few minutes would be fine. Don't uh, worry. Great. Let's get you in and out of here in one segment, please. Uh, can okay. you please explain the significance of Mark Meadows speaking with Jack Smith's team and, and testifying before the grand jury? How does this affect that case? Well, I mean, he could end up becoming a potential witness and a very damaging one. This is the chief of staff. Uh, he is someone who has been trying to avoid being involved in any of these cases, claiming executive privilege, uh, that everything that he did was in connection with work that was done in the White House. Uh, he didn't succeed in that. Right. Um, but, you know, his own assistant uh, essentially testified to say, that, you know, he was involved in all decision-making, and especially on January 6th, the response time uh, that, you know, the question is, well, why didn't Donald Trump respond immediately once he heard that there was violence in the Capitol? You know, he was part of those discussions. Uh, and so even though incitement is not part of this case with Jack Smith in, D in the Washington, D.C. case, the other elements of the case, which is the uh, efforts to overturn the election, the efforts to obstruct a federal meeting in progress, which was the electoral count. Mm -hmm. um, Meadows was, you know, he, you could say he was quarterbacking uh, or he was simply doing the bidding of his president, but he was involved in every single decision. And they've got three main felony charges in that case. And all of them, you know, center on the White House and the Oval Office. And he was there. OK, so now he's got this immunity deal, right? Can you um, clarify what that means? What are, what are the boundaries? Uh, how do you sort of containerize an immunity deal like the one that was granted to Meadows in the, in the context of this investigation? Well, you know, I haven't seen it, but, you know, they can they take many different shapes and sizes, right? There's some that says uh, you have an immunity deal and you have to testify to what you've already testified here, right? Uh, you have or you have to testify truthfully. Uh, and so that's different, right? <laughs> which means that they don't know what he would say, yeah. you know, testify truthfully is, I think, one of the things that we saw uh, this week with the, in, in Georgia with the three attorneys, all of whom taking a plea deal. In that instance, they'll be testifying. But I think that their obligation there is truthful testimony, not necessarily uh, testimony that will be prejudicial uh, to President Trump or Rudy Giuliani in the case uh, of, of one of the people who uh, took a plea. Um, but, you know, he was, you know, Meadows was defiant, like many of the defendants in these cases, that we didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and I was, you know, we were just, we were receiving legal advice, and really it's our obligation under the Constitution to make sure that the, that the election was fair and, and accurate. And we didn't believe that it was. Uh, and so we took every lawful effort to, you know, including trying to slow down the electoral count. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be their argument, right? Mm -hmm. Slowing things down, taking a breath, because we just weren't sure about the election. If I was their lawyers, that's what I would be talking about, uh, that everything, that, you know, you can cast it as nefarious, you know, criminal enterprise. But I'm sure that they have, you know, they have a better argument than that. Um, so, you know, the only issue there is, you know, how they framed this immunity deal, because essentially, you know, he in he could have been charged with something serious. Remember, in D.C., Donald Trump was charged alone. Mm -hmm. Right. In Georgia, he was charged with everybody. Yeah. 19. Right. 
So think, well, it's if they're the same case, and they are, by the way, Ian, virtually the same case, which is one of the arguments yes. that Trump's people were saying is, why are you even in Georgia? There's a federal case mm-hmm. that's got the same facts, same allegations. Uh, under the principles of federalism, the federal court goes first anyway. Uh, that's the one that's more important. You're just grandstanding, right? Yeah. But her case in, D- in Georgia is different because everyone's in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in the D.C. case, he's alone. So it made it makes people like me think, well, they must have known that they were going to get some cooperation out of the you know, inner circle of Trump. Otherwise, not. Why not add a few more? Why leave him alone? Yeah, they could field a whole baseball team with all those co-defendants. I'm, I'm glad you brought <laughs> up Georgia because I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of the parallels between the D.C.-based case and the Georgia case. So everything we've talked about today so far, mostly in the context of Mark's Meadows, is the D.C. case in front of uh, Chanya, Tanya Chutkin, excuse me. Um, I know that Meadows did not want, very much did not want to be forced to testify in the Georgia election probe, the South Carolina Supreme Court ruled last year that he did have to do that. Uh, and I, I think I'm not understanding this very well. Think, did he already do that? Did he already offer that testimony in the Georgia probe? Is that part of why he was indicted there? Uh, yeah, he well, he, you know, he and Lindsey Graham, another South Carolinian, uh, both said we've never been to Georgia. <laughs> we, mm, you don't have any jurisdiction over us. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't have hamburgers there. We don't go to Braves games. What do you, you know, we're over here. We're not over there. And, uh, and so they were looking for South Carolina to protect them to say, yeah, you can't take our people and go make them go to Georgia if they don't want to, but they didn't. South Carolina didn't. And neither did the Supreme court. They ended up having to give testimony. Uh, and of course it was that testimony before the special grand jury that resulted in the actual grand jury handing down those indictments. So again, in that case, again, more complicated, they were trying to sew them all together. And the special grand jury must have looked at those 17 people, or is it 19? I think it's 19. uh, And additional people that might have been charged that weren't ultimately charged, uh, and heard those, this evidence that was provided there, and decided who to ultimately indict. Um, but yes, that's what got them roped in. Now, as you know, four are out. Four have already pleaded guilty. Right. So we're down to 15. And that was huge because the other 15 were sort of hoping that there would be a trial. Why? Because then they could take their lawn chairs and put it out in front of the courthouse <laughs> and watch. Right. Yeah. You know, take open up a beer and say, hey, let's watch the you know what they're playing. They're taking batting practice. Let's yeah. watch batting practice. And see how good you, you gave me the baseball reference. That was you. You did that. Well, I'm happy. You're taking that. <laughs> so, you know, so that's a huge blow to the defense team because they were sort of hoping that, you know, the prosecutor would have to show all of her cards. And now she has to show none of her cards. Yeah. And, and, and they get away with, you know, very light punishments. Uh, and, you know, and in fact, I'm sure that's part of the reasons they got light punishments. Because I think she had it was in her interest to get them out of there and to not have to have the trial twice. Um, but that doesn't mean that they won't testify. But again, I think that's a little different from Mark Meadows in D.C. There, he might actually have damaging testimony in in uh, the four people in uh, Georgia. Again, the obligation under the plea deal might be just to testify and not may not necessarily be prejudicial. I. Uh... 
what what path forward do you see for those other 15 co-defendants I'm, I'm thinking specifically about rudy giuliani i mean once you have people start flipping they say yes i did it i'm pleading guilty i'm i've already turned over all you know my communications with the former president it really increases the pressure on those other co-defendants it it it, it makes it kind of I don't know, in, in my view, and I'm just I'm just Ian on the radio, it makes them almost impossible to do anything except also plead guilty and take a plea deal. What is what does this mean for guys like Rudy Giuliani and the other, you know, fourteen co defendants that are next? Well, Rudy Giuliani is in a very different spot. In fact, if you look for him now, he'd be under a bus. Oh no. Because Rudy. He, no, he because he was he was thrown under a bus <laughs> in this most in this most recent plea deal. You know, her comments after pleading guilty. In Jenna's plea deal? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What'd she Uh, she, say? She she said she was tearful and said publicly, I was a junior lawyer on the team. Yes. I was relying on senior people with great Mm -hmm. experience. He was a a former United States attorney in the Southern District of New York. He was a former assistant uh, uh, attorney in the Justice Department. This is a guy with great, incredible legal experience. Her argument goes, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, there was all kinds of seasoned lawyers, Chesborough, clerk for Justice Thomas. Who am I to say no? Yeah. These people really know stuff. Uh, so I think that, you know, since her part of the case involves his part of the case, which was efforts to, you know, convince other public officials in Georgia to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, try to create some uh, legislative proposal to say that the election results were uh, fraudulent because the legislature didn't get a chance to approve the changes to the election. I mean, he was, you know, trying to get people to sign the alternate elector slate. Right. Right. That's the key thing of that case, like find another 20 people to sign theirs and say, we're the real electors. They're the fake electors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing about, you know, uh, the dealing you know the what she pleads guilty to is trying to influence public officials that's that's the territory that they charted out for rudy giuliani so when she got up there she didn't have to say rudy giuliani she essentially said i was listening to him i should have done my own due diligence i didn't and i was wrong and i'm sorry so he's in a different position i'm not sure that the other plea deals necessarily you know uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that a they would testify against you know the president and some of the others it doesn't necessarily mean that and if you're cross examining them you're saying you know i understand that you received the lightest slap on the wrist you could possibly get right and mm-hmm. so why should we believe you <laughs> you you would have been sitting over here you're right. not sitting anymore it, but because you got this sweetheart deal where you spent not even a minute in jail and you pleaded guilty to misdemeanors? Are you kidding? Right? And so why should we trust you? Yeah. You got a deal that you know suggests that you're in the pocket of the district attorney. So I don't know. I mean, and remember, they're all lawyers. Mm-hmm. The lawyers are in a different position than, say, the president. Why? Because he could be saying, look, I thought I won the election, but I'm relying on counsel and experienced people. I'm, yep. in, I'm, in, the, you know, I'm in the hotel business. You know, I had casinos. I know certain things, but I don't really know what that says in the Constitution about changing rules. Mm-hmm. I just had a sense that when I went to bed that night, I was way ahead and I woke up and I lost. 
and I, you know, traveled around the country. And, you know, I was a, the most popular president ever. <laughs> you know, that was just yeah. it in the history of the world. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I, I just followed the advice of all my people who said that we had a legitimate opportunity here to question the election results. Okay, last one thing. Um, how do you think these, uh, what we know about Meadows' statements and his actions, how, in your view, and it's okay if this is a little bit of guesswork here, uh, in your view, how does this affect the public's perception of these legal proceedings and the integrity of this investigation? Do you think, does this help or hurt anybody in the court of public opinion? Is this going to change anyone's mind about what happened in 2020? Well, no, I don't think Trump's base cares about any of this, and yeah. they never did, mm-hmm. right? They just never did. So I don't know. There may be some other you know, moderate Republicans who might have a view to say, you know what, these cases— this case in Georgia is unraveling. People are like, you know, jumping ship. You know, maybe, in fact, you know, President Trump knew he lost. And this was really truly a fraudulent scheme. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't know whether seasoned court watchers necessarily think that this is the end. You know, that simply because yeah. some people took a plea deal to misdemeanors with probation. I'm not sure that means in terms of public perception Again, this is just a very everything about Donald Trump is on you, you know, is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The fact that you know, normally, you know, you, you know, like Bob Menendez. Right. <laughs> he his political career is over no matter what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. I was in, right. It just just, just as, But it, I don't think that's true with Donald Trump. Nah, I, Teflon he Don. To, yeah. He seems to pick up, you know, galvanize him and his base. So I, I don't know. It's amazing. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, I, I do have some people here in the audience who are texting me now and saying, you know, these people are only pleading guilty because they don't want to go to jail. So they're just yeah. saying whatever they think they need to say to to, you know, make sure that they don't end up in the clink. But it's not just that they are saying, yes, I did this. Yes, I committed the conspiracy. Yes, I solicited this public official. They're also turning over evidence that they did that. That is you, yeah. you, you can't dismiss that. I guess yeah. I mean, you'd think, well, but some people do. Look, you know, Donald Trump didn't use email. He still doesn't. You know, the paper trail on him is thin. Hmm. You know, does it lead to him? How many of these people had direct contact with him? You know, that's one of the reasons why they didn't bring in the D.C. case and in case an incitement. Everyone called it the January 6th riot case. It's not because it, when they had a chance to bring it, they didn't include the riot. Right. They brought everything but the riot. Oh, so man. stop saying that. You know, <laughs> like if they thought they had it, they would have called it. They would have brought it. In the, and one of the reasons they didn't is because there was no causal connection between the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and all the others. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump, he was never on the phone with them. He never communicated. He said, hey, go, guys, go get Don, you know, go get Mike Pence and hang him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't have that. Yeah, in, that in we're, we're not going to get that recording. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in the United States, we have a very permissive First Amendment. And unless you are imminently inciting lawlessness, you have the right to say whatever you want, even if you know you're lying in our if he if he had told. But he had said, again, you won't if you listen to the New York, you know, New York Times or MSNBC, they leave out a key piece of evidence, which is that he ended up saying he said a lot of things. But at that speech at the lips, he did say uh, you know, we're soon we'll all march over and make our uh, peacefully and patriotically, peacefully, peacefully yeah. and patriotically and make our voices heard. 
you know, I was on network when that was happening. I was, well, that's ball game. <laughs> that's yeah. Not, the minute he said that, that's ball game. That is not incitement. Yeah. No matter what else he said. People you, always you, point you, to that. Is there? A, there's a term that came to my attention lately. I think it's uh, fire. It's a paralipsis. Is that familiar? Where like you say? So no. he says we're going to go over there peacefully, but that's just ninety seconds after he says. If we don't yeah. go over there and fight like hell, we're not going to have a country yeah. anymore. So it's just sort of uh, yeah. like, I, I'm I'm not to, saying that you know. beat your wife, but it's you know in so implying it, you know, you put it out yeah. there. Yeah, not in America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not under Supreme Court precedent. I understand yes, that of if course. you have a certain ideological perspective, you hate him. I get it. I understand. There's a lot to not like. I get it. But if you're asking me as a legal analyst and Always. law professor, yep. you know, I'm thinking if, if you're asking me, I'd say, no, I don't see, you know, I, unless again, unless he sent a crib sheet <laughs> to 35,000, he said, OK, be very careful. <laughs> Here's a bullet Wait point list. Sentences. Yeah, right. Wait two sentences and then tag it on. And that. then go. And yeah. That, yeah, then goes. That's what I'm really telling you to do. Unless you have that, you don't have a causal connection between his uh, actions and their actions. Thane, we have to stop there. Uh, you're one of yeah. my favorite people to talk to on the radio. If you're ever in New Orleans, let me know. I'll buy you a Sazerac, man. Um, thank you so much for your time, your work, and your way. We'll do it again. You're awesome. Thanks, Ian. All right. Bye-bye, Thane. Uh, we're a little late. Coleman, I'm so sorry about that. Let's go ahead and step away. We'll get your reaction to anything you just heard on the Oakland Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line. That number is 504-260-1870. Did this move the needle for you at all? Like, I think I made a pretty important point when I say that people aren't just pleading guilty and saying, yes, I did it. I'm sorry, FBI. You know, I'm sorry, Department of Justice. Please don't send me to jail. They're also turning over evidence of their crimes. You can't deny that. Maybe you can. We'll be right back after this on WWL. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. On the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line here at 2.50 on this awesome Wednesday, here's a text message that says Trump is leading as much as 60% in Republican polls, also showing Trump beating Biden. So the more these district attorneys backed by the federal government continue to go after Trump, the higher these poll numbers will favor Trump. Yeah, I, I don't 
I, I don't disagree. I think, you know, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, after a couple of years, after the election, you know, we might be able to look back and say, man, all these 91 felony counts actually got Donald Trump some new voters. And will that match up with polling that's coming out right now? I don't know. Time will tell. That same texter says this does not move the needle for me. Those indicted, they don't want to go bankrupt against the feds coming after them. There's a text message right after that one that makes the point that I made earlier. The prosecutors have the receipts provided by all those that flipped. They've got proof, not just testimony. I know of some who have seen the light. It would be really uh, easy for Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheesebro and whomever else to say, Yes, we tried to illegally interfere with the 2020 election in Georgia, and we're very sorry. And in exchange for saying that we did not, then we're not going to go to jail. Right, guys? Right? Right, FBI? Now we don't have to go to jail anymore? That's not what's happening. They are turning over evidence. They are turning over internal communications with Trump's legal team in November and December of 2020 that proves... They engaged in a criminal conspiracy. Solicitation of public officials. That's illegal. You can't do that. All sorts of conspiracy charges. There's a ton of charges. Go and look them up. They are providing evidence that they committed those crimes. They're not just saying that they did it. So I don't think it's fair to sit back and say, oh, well, they're just taking the plea deal so they don't have to go to jail or they don't have to go bankrupt. Sal is here today. Sal says, Ian, the remaining co-defendants are only compelled to plead out if they know they're guilty and they risk a longer sentence. The two types of people that don't take pleas are the innocent and the stupid. I think you're spot on, Sal. I finished up my conversation with Thane Rosenbaum back there talking a bit about uh, the January 6th riot. Uh, reading now from NOLA.com, uh, Monday's newspaper, a New Orleans man described as an affiliate of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers was convicted last week for his role in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Matthew Lebrun, who's 35 years old, pled guilty to a misdemeanor federal charge of entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds. Prosecutors claim that Lebrun, who is a bail bondsman, entered the United States Capitol building through a window that was smashed by a co-defendant, Stephen Miles of Florida, among others. Stephen Miles, who has been described in news reports as an adult film actor, also pleaded guilty last week in Washington, D.C. federal court. Matthew Lebrun, the New Orleans proud boy, wore a body camera attached to a tactical vest that was adorned with the logo of the far-right Three Percenters militia during the rioting. In a statement of the offense accompanying his guilty plea, he admitted to exchanging text messages with Oath Keepers members beginning late on January 5th to discuss plans for the next day. People will often say, how come all the Black Lives Matter people didn't get arrested for burning up the police station in Portland or burning down the dollar store in Minneapolis? I, I don't know. I'm not defending those people's actions by any mean. Please don't get me wrong. But I don't think that they were wearing a body camera attached to a tactical vest adorned with a Black Lives Matter patch. Just saying. Ian Hoken for Scoot. We'll be right back. Coming up at 310, we're going to be talking to Warren Luckett. Warren is the founder of Black Restaurant Week, which is a uh, multi-city culinary experience that spotlights black chefs, caterers, 
restaurant owners and others. We want to tell you how you can get in on that action. And then at 320, I'm going to talk to Pon Dixon. Pon is the, let's see here, project leader and administrator of the Bayou Sauvage Urban National Wildlife Refuge Complex. Say that five times fast. Why are there fires in the swamp and the marsh? Why are they so hard to put out? How do we reduce fire danger in those areas? That's coming up next. Anything you want to say about anything I just said or anything thing Rosenbaum said, you know how to do it. It's 504-260-1870. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. Thanks for participating. I love talking to you guys on the text line. Hit me up anytime. I'll be here uh, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. <laughs> no, I'll be here today, Thursday, and Friday, and Monday, leading you up to the Halloween uh, celebrations. Lots going on this weekend. We'll talk more about that after the jump here. Here's the news with Chris Miller. I mean, Hoken for Scoot. Be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.